Welcome to another edition of Cloud Unfiltered. I am your host, Michael Chenitz, and this is a special edition at KubeCon in Chicago. And I have my guest, Bruno, from TestCube, right? Uh, that's correct. Yeah. So, so TestCube is pretty interesting. And actually, you know, we had some of your, your, your other colleagues on yesterday, and they actually gave me a little hint about what it is. So, but I'm going to let you describe what TestCube is. Oh, thank you. And I'm really glad it spoke about us. <laughs> it's a good sign. <laughs> so, uh, TestCube started as an open source project. We are an MIT licensed project and part of the CNCF landscape. And we are really all about testing Kubernetes. Something uh, that we uh, noticed was that there's not a lot of testing tools in the CNCF landscape. No. You, yeah, you look around, there's uh, everybody talks about this observability, um, observability, tracing, monitoring. Uh, you talk about security, but when it comes to testing in Kubernetes, there's not like a lot of stuff there, uh, right? So, uh, Uli, I think you might be here yesterday, right? Yeah. So he was the creator of SOPUI, which is also a really a cool uh, testing tool. Yeah. Uh, so he had this idea of building a, a testing tool for uh, that runs in Kubernetes, in Kubernetes native. So about two years ago, um, he and Dimitri talked with me and asked me to join this project and start it and really try to make a tool that is cloud native, uh, allows people to run tests in Kubernetes in a very simple way. And it's like a productivity tool. That's awesome. So, so, so tell people a little bit about like it, because testing is a very vague term. Mm -hmm. So when you say testing, I mean, the things that come to my mind from back in the day is like selenium and like you know <laughs> things like things like that. So, so what what aspects of testing or what does this solve? Yeah, we are agnostic with the types of testing. So you can do load testing, uh, API testing. You can test uh, front end, end to end tests. So any kind of test, security. You can even test Kubernetes itself. We are agnostic to that. So we just take your testing, uh, your test codes, we take uh, a Docker image and we basically schedule a Kubernetes shop to run your tests. And then you have a simple uh, dashboard where you can see all of your tests. So you can share it internally. Uh, so anyone that, he wants, that wants to look at the dashboard and see is everything uh, passing? Are my services healthy? Uh, what are the logs? And it's very easy to debug and see issues with your clusters. Now, how does that work with different testing engines? I mean, you have a dashboard that's showing you stuff. So obviously it has to kind of get the data from these dispersed engines and figure out like, what data do we need? How do we show it on a dashboard? Yeah, so, exactly. And that's the, the, how Tesco is so powerful because it combines different testing tools yeah. uh, in a single place. And we basically create a, a standard that regardless of testing tool, you have always the same standard to run the test and integrate them. What TestCube cares about is that they, can they run inside a container? So we just take a container with that uh, dependency installed. It can be Selenium, can be Playwright, can be Postman, like anything. Uh, so TestCube takes a, a Docker image, runs it, and gets the log output, gets the files, gets uh, yeah, gets everything basically, all the data, all the metrics, and makes it accessible for anyone. We expose metrics like Prometheus metrics. You can have a Grafana dashboard. You can use the TestCube dashboard. You can have um, alerts when tests fail. You just have a central place for all of your testing. So what? So where in? Um kind of the, the Kubernetes lifecycle, where would this would this fit in many places in the Kubernetes lifecycle? Like where do you where do you see it fitting? Yeah, so most of our customers usually have several clusters. They have the production clusters and they have some that they are used internally for 
uh, development purposes. They have a staging or a development one where they deploy their applications before they are ready to production. So where it is fits is on those clusters that where they deploy their applications before they give it to their customers and they run some tests, they deploy the applications there. They say, well, sounds good, let's promote it and give it to our customers. So it's very important there. And also, uh, we have something that we advocate for is that they should also test in production. Sometimes we see, well, they deploy the applications to production, they might have some alerts, but they don't run tests, like they don't test APIs there. It's, it's pretty much, you know, manual testing. Uh, something that is, when it, there are critical applications, we don't advise to do that. You should test it as well. Uh, so uh, yeah, we are, we are all about continuous testing and, and test observability. So, so obviously, once you test something, though, you're going to get a result. And that result will either be something that's good or bad. And <laughs> you have to do something. So does this orchestrate what you can do after something? Uh, you know, if, if it fails, then do this. If it's, if it's, if it's good, then do this. Exactly. Know? Some of our users uh, have test kit set up to open uh, Jira tickets when the test failed. So that somebody on that team will get a ticket. Well, this test is failing. Here are the link. Click, click here. Go check the logs and see. Go fix it. So what's interesting about this is that it doesn't, you call it test cube. But really, it's almost like it doesn't even have to be tests. I mean, it's, yes, it's testing something. But it could test, like you said, for security. So maybe it's testing, is this image valid? Is mm -hmm. this, you know, uh, it does it have, you know, maybe you have run something that says this has a security vulnerability, stop here, you know, or this has a, so it really doesn't necessarily have to be like testing like what we're talking about. Like when I think of testing, I think of testing like we are doing test-based development or something like that, where we're checking the code, we're mm -hmm. making sure that it's written right or something like that. Whereas but this really is more of a mechanism to kind of, you know, evaluate anything, it seems mm -hmm. like. Yeah, you pretty much want to test the whole aspect of your environment, even the vulnerabilities, as you mentioned. So we are all about integrating with the development workflow. So uh, again, we are agnostic to which test types you want. There are some companies that, that pay more, uh, let's say, importance to the security aspect of the application, and they want to really make sure that there's no vulnerabilities. There are other companies that don't work with so critical software and they are more about the functionality, right? Is this working well? So pretty much all types of testing that you want to, to test. That's really interesting. So, so what, do you, what are you seeing uh, either, you know, uh, any of the consumers of this application? I mean, I know it's fairly new. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing the use cases typically be? Or is there a typical use case? Yeah, uh, we see a lot. That's, that's the uh, really exciting part about the Kubernetes landscape is everybody has different setups. There's no company that builds the same flows, the same deploys Kubernetes the same way as other companies. Every company that we talk with, they have something a bit different than the, the, the other companies. The, but there's some patterns that you, we observe when it comes to testing. Uh, so there's two big patterns that I observe. One is uh, ephemeral clusters. Thermal environments. Mm -hmm. So it's very common that people, uh, they uh, create a cluster, they deploy all their applications, they test it, see looks good enough, and they destroy it, right? So what it allows them to do is when they deploy uh, a cluster with applications to their customer, they are sure, well, this sounds good, we already did it before, so we, can, we are sure that we can deploy it again uh, on our customer's premises and everything works well. So that's like the first pattern. And we ask you what they can do is that uh, along with their uh, applications, they deploy their tests as well, they run it, they have a dashboard, and they look, well, yeah, everything checks out, everything is green, 
we are good to go and we can you know shut down the cluster and uh, deploy it to our customers so that's like the one of the cases so where does where does automation that's kind of a round test fit into that like the people have you know CICD pipelines people have so so where would this kind of where would you inject this mm -hmm. uh, we are not a replacement to the pipelines we integrate with all of them most of uh, the, the companies, what they do is they buy, write some bash scripts on the CI/CD systems. It can be Jenkins, GitHub Actions, GitLab CI, like sure. anything that you use. And you have some steps that run some tests, and based on those tests, they deploy to production. For example, let's say you have you have a PR, you open mm -hmm. a PR, you run some tests, good, let's merge it and deploy to production. It's a common setup. So you have some things that some companies call it quality gates. Right, like where, where that need, there's some checks here that we need to do, so we are confident that we can deploy this. Uh, so w most uh, most often, what you would do is use one of the test cube plugins. We integrate with any CI/CD, and you make calls to test cube and trigger the tests. So uh, we have test cube as an API, an uh, open API spec. You make a call there, and then if the to run the test, if the test fails, the pipeline step will fail too. So you said that TestCube runs as a Docker Docker image. Did I get with that right? Or it, it runs uh, uh, inside the it runs as a, a deployment in Kubernetes. Oh, it runs as a deployment in Kubernetes. So, yeah. so what happens when you have to update the tests or update the? Is there a, like a process that like a version changes or something like that? Or yeah. how, does, how does that work in the whole TestCube environment? So when you deploy a test in TestCube, it can save the CRD. We have test CRDs in the cluster. Oh, cool. So. Uh, the way you can deploy is you have your Elm shard with your applications and you have the CRDs, the test that Elm shard. So you have the, the, your whole infrastructure team that looks, oh, this is my Elm shard, but you have to, to know that these tests that are here should pass for you when you deploy this Elm shard. So, and then if you want to version control it, we advise everyone to start those CRDs in Git, right? And then you can use something like Argo CD or Flux or any tool to make the synchronization with Kubernetes uh, with, of those CRDs. That's 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 interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just trying to think about you know how how did people do it before? Like, what was the problem? Mm -hmm. You know that yeah. that that what, what's the alternative to doing it this way? We asked this <laughs> to many people, and, but what they do is like they do it this custom. When you, we ask them, well, if you didn't use test cube, how would you automate the tests? How would you have observability of what is happening? How do all of this? What they would do is they write by scripts and they will do this on inside their CI CDs. So they write bash scripts, okay. Yeah. And then they would test it, it would come back, and they would, uh, but but you'd have to maintain those bash scripts and it's not, and it would be different for everything. So you're not standardizing on the. Exactly, you have to write, write some scripts for different testing tools. So depending on the testing tools, you actually yeah, yeah. also have to maintain different things. If you want a dashboard like TestCube has, you have also to set up your dashboard, like for example, a Grafana dashboard. You have to do every single thing yourself and to maintain it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, t I totally see that. You know, I'm just trying to think through my head, like how would I use this? How, how, could, I, mm -hmm. how could I implement this in, in some of the workflows that we have? And it's, it's interesting because I've never actually, and I, and I think this is why people haven't done it before, because mm -hmm. you really don't think about what you have to do in order to run these tests, in order mm -hmm. to, and, and you, I don't think you ever get the time to think about like, like how do I make this so that I don't have to repeat it every time? How do I, I don't have to create this stuff every time? Yeah, this is for the lazy DevOps. <laughs> it's like, I want to do the job as fast as possible and I don't want to have much work. Because most of the times it's the, the developers, the testers, the tasks, they're DevOps 
teams to build their pipelines for them, right? They, have, they are building the code as part of their normal lifecycle, right? And they'll tell me, well, can you write a pipeline for us? We want to test it. And the DevOps people are like, yeah, sure. Like, I'm, let, let me just like build something for you. Uh, in this case, what they can do is they deploy test cube and then tell them, well, it is a fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, and I'm seeing this, this kind of standardization across the board now. You know, I had somebody else who uh, was on recently, who was, who was basically doing DB as a service, uh, DB as code, mm -hmm. um, not as a service, DB as code, you know, and, and standardizing that interaction with DB. So it's like, you know, it's definitely something that I'm seeing people doing. I think it's a great trend because, you know, you don't think about what you don't think about. And it's like, it's, you, you, you tend to write all of this custom code mm -hmm. and you tend to, um, you know, every time have to have to have to rewrite this stuff because there's always something a little bit different. Yeah. You know, you're always using maybe you're using a different tool, maybe there's a different scenario, maybe you're using a different cloud, maybe you're using Yeah, you yeah. Know? The, the cloud is also an interesting aspect. And also the know how. In that company, during the life cycle of a company, you have the teams keep changing, right? So the person that knows how the the workflow works uh, might be there for some years, but they might change, right? So somebody has to maintain all of that infrastructure. If you use TestCube, there's a standard way, well-documented, how your testing workflow will look like and very observable. So it's very easy to collaborate also in big companies because big companies, they tend to create different like, kind of silos on how to do testing. And they sometimes they are doing pretty much implementing the same things. Both teams are working different sides of the business and they both want a testing workflow and they build, build it custom and see a lot that there's two companies with different pipelines. Some, sometimes you see like, oh, well, this team uses Jenkins, this team uses GitLab CI. Yep. And then they write different scripts. At the end, they are doing the same thing, the same goals. Yep. So uh, if you have a standard tool that you use across the company, it like, saves you a lot of, of time and, and uh, yeah. But, but, but then you have to think that if these people are using different tools just for that, then are they gonna use the same tool like, <laughs> like TestCube because they're already using different tools. So, mm -hmm. and is there any advantage, obviously from a workflow there is, but is there any advantage to using different teams, disparate teams using the mm -hmm. same tool? Uh, there are, so you can use different CICD systems and you can use TestCube connected to many different ones still. So it, it allows you to standardization and many ways to run tests. Because we talked with so many different companies that trigger tests in different uh, you know, uh, circumstances, so we kind of had to build TestCube to be very flexible. So yeah, we allow that difference in teams uh, to, to work well with TestCube. So um, this has been deployed for, for a little bit. How, how much consumption? I mean, there are a lot of people downloading it. How's, how's, how's the performance? Yeah, TestCubeCon today was amazing. In the last two days, I, you know, my voice yesterday was totally destroyed. <laughs> Talked with many people and we saw a lot of users. So we started almost two years ago. We went to all the KubeCons. So the first one that we went to was um, Detroit, uh, and then Amsterdam, and now this one. And then every time we see more users, uh, so it's picking up. Like we have uh, you know, uh, more than one thousand clusters uh, installed with TestCube wow. and, and running, and uh, yeah, well, a lot of exciting companies. And sometimes even today, uh, we have people coming by our booth and saying, like, "Well, I just want to thank you for for you know building TestCube. We use it, and yeah, it's, it's, that's amazing. It's yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the exciting part about building these technologies is, is seeing how people are going to use it and, mm -hmm. and really understanding that. And sometimes, you know, I find more than not, you know, for, with the people that I've talked to that, that have created a lot of these solutions is that 
also people do unexpected things with these technologies that sometimes you're like, I didn't even think about using it for that. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our users are super good. And because TestCube is open source, we have many requests and people actually give us advice to where to go. Right, so and those use cases we never thought about some use cases and and some people even contribute to the to with code to test cube so that's like amazing to see and helps us a lot we get a really good product out of that yeah well that I mean obviously listening to your users is a smart thing to do because they're gonna you know it's a hard thing to do because you know obviously everybody's gonna want a, a niche use case and you have to filter out what what you think is you know yeah that the mass is gonna need mm -hmm. and then obviously you can come back to some of those things or, or, or react to it but but it's 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 a really hard thing to, to do that but it's a great thing too because mm -hmm. you know if you listen to your users and the consensus is saying that you need this, mm -hmm. then then if you do that, then then it's it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, it makes the job easy for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so you know, there's there's been a lot of uh, talk about. I, th I think there's a lot of concern about um, open source these days. And I'm sorry, my thing was doing something there. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of concern about these days about open source in terms of you know, people maintaining things as open source. Mm -hmm. Do you find that, you know, because because things have become closed source now and, and, you know, things that were open source for a long period of time have now been, you know, not so open anymore. Yeah. Are you finding that people are more hesitant because of the fact that, you know... Uh, so that's a challenge. And I understand uh, that some companies want to go closed source because if a company uses something for free, yeah. think, well, why, why should I pay for, for it, right? <laughs> and uh, if there's a company maintaining a product, somehow they have some uh, have to have some revenue, uh, you know, engine, right? Sure. So Obviously. I understand that many companies go open, uh, you know, close source and and do it in a different way. So the the secret sauce is really have a good model that works with open source that as a path um, in the in the companies, let's say, where they can start with open source. It, they, they see value from it for some time until some time they, they see well we have been using this for some for uh, you know a, a long period and now we want to upgrade because we want more functionalities and expand right so that's that's kind of how we look at it uh, you know open source or not uh, some there's some users that don't like to use things that are not open source so we, we see that um, and actually, it was one of the reasons that we built it as open source from the b beginning. So, um, yeah, like we have, we plan to keep just supporting open source. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and you know, you have some some great founders that have uh, you know are committed to that. And I and I always say it's like a micro CNCF you know, mm -hmm. that you guys have over there because it's like, you know, every project that I that I that I get interested in right now or, or or many of them, it's like, oh, it's by Coop Shop. I didn't, you know. Yeah. So you know, it's it was uh, Coop first, and then and then you know Test Cube and Monocle and mm -hmm. all these other projects, and it's just like it's amazing what you guys are doing over there. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate <laughs> it. It's really cool. And, and they share the knowledge. So we have all the same parent company, Cube Shop, yeah, yeah. and uh, like we share learnings as well from all the products. We talk with each other a lot. So yeah, it's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, looking at it from the outside, I just I'm I'm always impressed. And 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 honestly, it's a really friendly group of people. You know, like I've, I haven't met anyone I don't like at at, <laughs> at 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 Cube Shop yet. So it's it seems like you guys are doing really cool stuff. Um, so so. You know, for, for things like Monocle, I know, you know, we, we had Monocle and now there's Monocle Cloud. 
Is there any thought for, and maybe you can't even talk about this yet, but is there any thought for like a test cube cloud or, a, you know, what's, 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 the, what's the future for that? Yeah, we have a test cube cloud actually. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Uh, it's like, go. it was the, the intuitive thing to do because <laughs> you, think, you thought about it. <laughs> so we have the, the open source version and we have the test cube cloud, which is also based on the open source. But what it allows you to do is to have um, more multi-cluster features. So what we thought was, you deploy TestCube in a cluster and you have all of your tests there. But for a quicker, quicker setup, you can use TestCube Cloud that has a dashboard for you. You can connect it to different clusters. So we thought more of a multi-cluster experience for the cloud. So the, the path that we see many users take is they start with open source, they deploy it on their cluster. At some point, uh, they say, well, I can use cloud and take leverage of, you know, having a, a central place that connects to all my clusters and I have uh, authentication, I have RBAC and I have like a lot more features based on this. Yeah, no, that, and, that, and that's really makes a lot of sense. You know, um, I, I, I've been in many scenarios where, where I find it quicker and easier to, you know, consume something from the cloud, you know, because mm -hmm. generally when you're doing something from the command line, you know, you have to get things set up first. You have yeah. to set things up. You have to kind of configure things. And a lot of times it's just like, okay, well, if you connect to this cloud service, you can have that triggered from GitHub or you can have that triggered from, yeah. you know, and it's just an action. And then mm -hmm. you just go, you, you throw it over to the cloud instead of having to set up something, run the Docker image, run the Kubernetes deployment, run the whatever it is that you're running and, and then manage it and all that kind of stuff. So that becomes a big, a big hassle. Yeah, and that's what we see from our users. Our users that go to cloud, they get a way uh, faster onboarding. Because uh, as you said, you use, deploy everything on your cluster, you have to configure your ingresses to expose yep. test cube, you have to do everything by yourself. And if you use a cloud solution, everything is already deployed and configured, like at least the most complex parts for you. So you have to do just minimal work there. Yeah, no, and, I, and that's, that's a great way to be. I mean, I think that, um, you know, that's the way I prefer to do it, honestly. <laughs> and, I, and I think that, you know, it's in a lot of ways, that's that's what a lot of people, you know, prefer in general is that, you know, there's a reason why people are going to the AWS's and the Google and the Azure. Mm -hmm. It's because, you know, at the end of the day, what people are interested in is getting their application out the door. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they have to set up infrastructure or if they have to set up, you know, besides some people might not have the knowledge for that, but if they have to set up all those things, it's going to take a lot of time to do all those things. There's a lot of knowledge, there's a lot of learning, there's a yeah. lot of, and so so consuming something from the cloud is obviously something that you know makes that process so much easier. Uh, a lot, and we still have uh, some concerns from some companies that want, they want to, everything to be in-house on their premises, and they don't want to use cloud products. So what we did also is, even though we have the cloud, everything is still on your uh, cluster. So as a user, you use TestCube Cloud, you sign in, but then the test runs on your cluster, all the secrets are stored on your cluster, so never, uh, like you don't have sensitive data going to our cloud, you just use it for the onboarding experience. So use it for the onboarding, but is there, I guess there's options to use it as like your central dashboard and things like that. Exactly, that's what that's the main use case of TestCube Cloud, it's just for the central dashboard and yeah. to start the, the results and still everything runs in, in the user's cluster and like nothing sensitive goes out, everything always stays there. So, so in, from a cloud perspective, are, is there anything that's, that other cloud providers have that are, that are similar to TestCube? Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, people just said the alternative to TestCube is to build it by themselves with scripts and, and build it in the CI/CD pipelines. Yeah. That's, that's pretty interesting. You know, I guess to, to me, you know, 
testing isn't always the sexiest thing in the world, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's probably, you know, that's why it hasn't really, you know, um, probably a lot of people haven't been looking at it too mm -hmm. much. But, but you know, those are the problems that 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 are really needed, you know, and a lot of people don't tackle because they they want to they want to tackle something that's perceived as more difficult mm -hmm. or more, you know, more more interesting. But the but the thing is, is that what you've come up with is is a solution that's repeatable and. Uh, you know, yeah. standardized, get, yeah, and standardized, yeah. And, and all this other kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we really want to uh, to do to make tests uh, sexy. Uh, you know, <laughs> it needs to be sexy and easy to do. So uh, that's our goal. <laughs> <laughs> that should be your that should be your tagline. We make yeah. tests sexy. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> <gonna do> that. <laughs> that's so funny. So so what else? What I mean, what else do we need to know about this? Is there anything that you know? Uh, I think we, it's, that's pretty much it. We really want to make it uh, very easy to run tests in Kubernetes. There's many companies that they don't do it very well. They mostly do some unit testing in their CI/CD. Uh, they deploy to clusters and they do this very well. They lose a lot of time just trying to debug and see what's happening there in, the, in their clusters. Uh, so we really try to reduce costs there. Uh, so yeah, that's all you are about is making teams more productive, uh, find bugs earlier, improve the quality of their deployments. Um, yeah, like it's very easy to try. So I advise anyone to just go there and, and uh, you know try it out, install it, and in five minutes you can see and how it is and uh, see a test running. So I'm curious, before getting really head deep in testing, what were you doing before before this? Uh, me, uh, I, was, I was a DevOps engineer before. Uh, I was always uh, working with Kubernetes, even in college. Um, I also did a, a, a Kubernetes native data science framework that allows people to run uh, That's cool. machine learning jobs in Kubernetes. As that was my master thesis. Uh, then I worked like, for, for other companies building um, Kubernetes tools. I built a Kubernetes as a namespace service. As Kuber well. Wait, Kubernetes as a namespace service. Yeah, yeah. So it's let's say you go to a cloud, like to uh, Amazon or, or Google, and you ask for a cluster. Yeah. The the product that I developed was you asked just for a namespace. So it just gives you that. That's all you have access to is that one namespace. Yeah. So it's like a multi-tenancy setup where yeah, yeah. You, you go and the, I want the namespace with this amount of resources, and you just get the namespace. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, and I've seen you know like some of the cloud management products that I, mm -hmm. that I've done. I was actually a pertainer for a little bit. And we would assign a namespace to, like, a person. That's how you could assign resources. Like, you would you would assign certain resources to it. You would give people access control, and then it would assign those resources and then access control to that user. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I definitely understand where you're going with that. So yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> the similar project we did, and then um, I joined this this project. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really that's that's cool though. Um, so, so we are at at KubeCon. And this is a question I ask uh, pretty much everybody here. What what interests you at KubeCon? Like, what what is what your your what is the, something that you say, wow, this is really cool, or or I really like this about yeah. you know being I like, at KubeCon. I like the people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the the first thing. Um, we have many attendees that use Kubernetes. So, some of them are just in their beginning journey with Kubernetes. They don't use it very well. They're just like, well, it seems like a shiny tool that I want to try it out. Uh, some, so some of them don't understand it quite well. Others are like power users. They want to know all the new tools and they want to uh, take them that knowledge to their companies. So the real thing I like is when I uh, 
find these users, I ask them like what they what they are doing, how they use Kubernetes. I really um, understand their needs and their use cases. So I really have a I can talk with people that use Kubernetes and I understand the needs that I need to solve. So I got a lot of learnings, especially with, from my users here. So I found a lot of task abusers and I asked them, well, have you, are you having any pains? Like, can I do anything uh, more for you? So that's the thing I like more. It's like talking with people and see, you know, what they think about, uh, you know, Kubernetes and the tools that they are using. Yeah, no, and, and that this is probably the best place to do that, you know, yeah. and not probably, this is the best place to do that. I mean, you, you don't have a better audience than than this to, to figure out what's what's going on in the Kubernetes world. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and, the, and the, the other thing is the, the talks. There's a lot of talks here from people that just build uh, innovative tools that they just want to, um, you know, uh, put it out there and, and show it to people and get feedback. So this is amazing for that as well. And you get to know a lot of cool new tools that you can use. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, obviously, um, AI is a huge thing right now. So, <laughs> so, you know, everything is AI here. It's, it's, you know, yeah. something dot AI. <laughs> that's, that's a trend. I think, I think it's a bubble. That, that's my opinion. I feel like people are just going on the wave, riding the wave. Oh, and like their product manager think, well, we should do something AI. Let's yep. think about what AI things we can do. Uh, let's use ChatGPT. Let's put something on our uh, system. Okay, AI, then let's write uh, something. Uh, but that's okay. Like, you know, it's part of the trend. Nothing wrong with that. Even at S-Cube, we, we have an AI feature yep. <laughs> as well. So uh, our AI feature in, uh, in this example is we put the, the, the test logs through ChatGPT. And then ChatGPT makes an assessment of what might be the problem and gives yeah, yeah. like a, well, a recommendation, let's say, what can do. So like as some uses, uh, but I feel like there's many tools that don't really need AI. And yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I feel like marketing. there's a lot of people that are just injecting AI just to inject AI on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. You know, I don't need an AI injected toaster. It's just not something that, that, that you know, my toast is going to pop out either way. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it might be a bit over-engineered for sure. <laughs> I can tell you, though, that, you know, one of the things that I have speeded up, you know, is when I'm recording these shows mm -hmm. is to do the transcription for YouTube. Oh, now man. I could just throw it in chat GPT with with all the stuff that we've done because my my editor mm -hmm. does text based editing. So it'll transcribe everything we've talked about. And then at the end, it will um, I could take that text, put it in chat GPT and say, what was the summary of this? And it will actually sum up in a nice little paragraph of like, this is what we talked about now. That's pretty cool. And do you use that for the description of I'll use the description like YouTube or something like that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool, yeah. And it saves you a lot of time. It absolutely well. saves me a lot of time because a lot of times, you know, I'm doing like 10 to 15 of these in a row. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, I've, I already forgot about what I talked about in the last, you know, the last ones, <laughs> you know, so either I have to go through them all again or read through the transcript or do something. And now I could just kind of say, oh, yeah, that was kind of like what we talked about, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes yeah. a better transcription, a better description of than, than what I would have created. True, true. <laughs> yeah, pretty powerful. For yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. So there are some good uses for, for AI and that saves me time. So, so that's yeah. an awesome thing. I'm really interested to see what are the next things like next year. Right. So yep. we see a lot of AI, what we're going to see next year. That's yeah, I'm really curious about next year because I think things are moving so fast that mm -hmm. I think by, you know, this time next year, we'll be seeing some amazing things.
for sure. I'm really curious. What, what do you think we're going to see next year? I, I don't know yet. I mean, I, I think things are all over the place right mm -hmm. now with AI. So, you know, we're definitely going to see security solutions with it. We're definitely going to see, um, you know, things more with generative AI and, and mm -hmm. images and photos and all those kinds of things. We're going to see, you know, but there's just so much and there's probably things we're not, I'm, I know there's things we're not thinking about. So, you know, I'm really curious to see what those are. Uh, me too, me too. And I think we are just at the beginning of this as well. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's why we're going to see amazing stuff for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been amazing. And I wish you so much luck with your with your project. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> it's a real pleasure to be yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. <laughs>